1: Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, my week in cars. My name's Matt Pryor, and alongside me, as ever, is Steve Cropley. Hello, Steve. Hello, Matthew. How are you going? Good, thank you, mate. Good, thank you. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com as Hugh Dowding has done. Steve, you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked... I'm a, I'll only use the word once. We talked about the wank panzer. Yeah. Hugh says, I am conflicted because, by your definition, I drive one. An Audi Q7 S-Line TDI50. Not my definition, Hugh, technically. Somebody else's definition on the internet. And I had a, I couldn't decide if I had a problem with it. I probably do, really. I'm not sure I'm keen on it. Anyway, Hugh says, I detest both the cars and the way they are driven and disport themselves. So he's thinking some of the AMG models X, or the BMW M models and so on and so forth of these tall things. The plea for clemency, says Hugh, It's not a confession, mate, it's fine. Is that there is a distinction between some of us middle-aged business people who can afford to drive and prefer to drive the ubiquitous 3-litre diesel for all of its merits. My car is not a Jeep, he says, but with its air suspension, four-wheel drive electronics and winter tyres. If it gets stuck, I shouldn't be there. On a motorway, it will do 42 miles per gallon. I often do long journeys, 700 miles tomorrow, tow a trailer with a rally car, etc, etc, etc. I think there's a difference between what Hugh is doing and... The yeah, of conventional so. WP as it has become, it has become known, you because know, otherwise he's got to have two cars, hasn't he? Yeah, he has got gonna,
0: a car for a job. Hugh, we're going to let you off, we're going to yeah. let you off, mate. It, yeah. It's um, the fact of the matter is he's making use of the car's capabilities, yeah. you know, smaller car wouldn't be able to tow so well, etc. Et and and we all get very well the uh, the long distance capability and. The diesel still makes sense, and the forty mpg is very praiseworthy. Really, it is good, isn't it? I mean, yes. there
1: are a lot of saloon and estate cars that you would not get that in.
0: yeah and there's, you know, but a few of us go back to days when, when you know, a Range Rover, a good mpg out of a Range Rover was fifteen or nineteen or something, wasn't it? So yeah. forty
1: is admirable. Forty is admirable. An old one point four liter super mini would have typically got high thirties, wouldn't yeah. they? Back in yeah. the day, back not very long ago. So. Oh, yeah, and this is the problem, isn't it? If somebody goes, oh, here we go, here's an urban SUV because they see a Q7 parked up somewhere. Yeah. Well, they don't know what it's being used for. No. It's just, yeah, so no Q, don't don't you worry me. We're not so judging. No, nothing, no need to be conflicted here. Okay. Uh, Steve, on with the podcast. Your column starts with the Flywheel Festival at Bista Heritage.
0: Ah, yes, The uh, it's the 10th anniversary of, of, of their first event. Mm. And it was lovely. And they, um, normally... There's a there's a fairly regular uh, scramblers event, isn't there? But what, once a month or something, once every couple. Oh,
1: once every yeah, three, four or five four or five a year. First one. Well, it's oh yeah, it's closer, it. isn't it? Because the first one seems to be in middle of January now, which is
0: yeah great. I think they go right through, don't they? Yeah. But the, but the thing is, they have smaller audiences and they open up less of the estate. And this time, they I didn't hear it from the horse's mouth but it was that I understand that there were twice as many people as normally go but about five times the area so so all the stalls and things were all over the place there was track action all the time there aeroplanes in the air all the time which was really got my attention and I went there with the missus arrived early you know we we're not really supposed to show up before nine o'clock we were in the gate at nine didn't leave till I don't know how about four had an absorbing day so it was, and and the thing is, there was just stuff to see on all points of the compass.
1: Yeah, there was.
0: Really enjoyed it. You were there anyway.
1: I was there on the, yes, you were there was on you? the Saturday. Uh, yeah, and I, I went on Sunday, fixed my Hillman Imp just in time to, more on which another time maybe, but anyway. Yeah, I was there all day Sunday. Like you mate, I turned up early. I was in the door at half past eight and they let me in, parked me up where I should have been. And yeah, I saw Dan Gagan, the gaffer, at some point on Sunday. And he said seven and a half thousand people per day were in, but it feels less busy than the scramble because because it was of the right extra out. space. Yeah. yeah, the extra space, and uh, they'd also given away some tickets to local school kids and things like that. So it was a really nice, broad mix yeah, yeah. of people. Really yeah. lovely event.
0: I oh, thought. I thought it was fabulous.
1: Yeah. I know you're
0: trying to trying to sort of minimise your your the, the imp business, but fact of the matter is, it, there it was on the lawn. There it prominent. was.
1: I spent you, While you were there on Saturday, I was underneath it trying to get it going. And I've had trouble getting it to idle properly um, on its uh, single Solex carburetor. But I happened to have, because I got a load of spares with it when I bought it, a twin Stromberg carburetor set up. So I rebuilt those and fitted them. And I thought, will this just let it idle properly? Because it was buzzing away, Zzz, yeah. but it wouldn't, it wouldn't sit at low revs. Anyway, sorted out the idling problem. It's not that happy to rev, but it's fine. So I took it down and ran it, and looked very really nice. i
0: looked really nice. I tell you what, we, I've only a it garage before, and, mm. and uh, that color, such a nice color. It's a great color. What would you say, uh, sort of sky yeah, blue? Yeah, sort of sky
1: bluish sort of thing. I saw uh, Simon Hutnell, our contributor, uh who was there on Sunday with the uh Vauxhall thirty ninety eight Yeah, He was there with that. And he thought it was a Leyland colour called something like aqua green or something or other. Oh, but it's yes. a kind of like yes, yeah, kind of blue. A kind of blue which I like very much. I like blue castle, so it's Me too. Fun. but I had a proper day while you were while you were enjoying it on Saturday, I had a proper day of thinking how can I be so bad at this a proper day you know when because people used to run Hillman Imps as yeah. daily drivers all year round no trouble no garage no mechanical ability and they would keep them running no problem and I just and I was thinking why can't I do that why, can, why am I so incapable of doing this and then I drove it into my garage door post on the way out and <laughs> I just and I just had a day of thinking I'm just not equipped What? I, can't. Oh, I, I saw it on, on Twitter running like a Swiss watch it was ran, great it ran fine yeah it ran fine in the end Brilliant. So and I've got a plan to.
0: Does that of what I mean do. there must have been some, some quite a challenge to get the linkages working? Wasn't yeah, it? they
1: do. The twin carb it should have a longer uh, throttle link, throttle cable than the, stand, oh, is that the than the single. So no, it was just so I just had to. Ex- part of my job on Saturday was to extend the throttle cable. So I don't have a longer one. It's just to extend it to reach these new carbs. And I think Stromberg, somebody told me they're hard to set up. But, I mean... He ran? Well, it's running well enough Do to it. get to get the three miles to Vista. Well, the promise was the fulfilled. Track. Well, exactly, yeah. I wanted to take it, and I took it, and I'm very happy. So I'm just going to poodle it around the lanes here, and then I'm going to... It came with a spare engine. I'm going to rebuild the spare engine, maybe put some throttle bodies on it, and, try, and then transplant that over, and then that's the idea, is I'll just cool. keep it. Rubber. But this was, is yeah, good. Next update in Classic and Sports Car magazine in the coming months. I hope. Fantastic. So, uh and then Sunday, while I was there, you were off to drive the Kia EV9.
0: Yeah, I went to to uh Korea and uh it's it's a really interesting car because it's it's one of the first you know straightforward 7-seat SUVs within two inches of the length and wheelbase and so on of a and in fact got a longer wheelbase than a Range Rover just about as tall Um, so it was a classic square back SUV except very nicely styled terrific I thought and spacious and easy to drive quite a long range 300 miles plus quiet loved it really we we crossed we drove this car from one side of Korea to the other which is sounds bigger than it is. You know, it's not quite like Australia. I think it's a round trip, 250 miles, something like that. Okay. But plenty of time to get to know the car. The, my caveat, I was thoroughly for the car. I liked everything about it, powertrain, comfort, quality, really good, mm. but I want to drive it on some bumps, you know, outside mm. your front door Yeah. Um, and my front door. And just because we just, don't we know that uh, the that, that bumps in this country have got a special horrible quality that, that finds everybody's chassis development out, don't they? Yeah,
1: it? don't they? Yeah, don't so I, they?
0: So I, I, that was my one caveat. It felt good. I mean, I expect it to do okay in the UK, but you just don't know, do you? Yeah.
1: Will it get some European tuning before we, before we get
0: it? I believe so, yes. Do we...
1: When does it arrive in the UK? When do we, when think do we get end it? Of,
0: I think they're still debating that and the spec, for that matter, but I think the it's it's sort of October, November... and Time, yeah, okay. I've already got 17,000 expressions of interest. Oh, really? Which not deposits, but yeah. nevertheless, 17,000 people said, I want to know about this that's car. That's quite interesting, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, they're feeling good lot. about it. Yeah,
0: that's cool. And they want to sell three ish, three, four. Hmm. So these cars are going to sell well. Yeah,
1: I have not been to Korea. I would like to. The vibe, I, I imagine the roads are pretty good, aren't they? They are. That's
0: there are there are some funny bits there are some rows with strange harmonics where 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 you know the car c- c- kind of keeps on heaves in 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 time to beat the band sort of thing but but they but sort of bad ragged bitumen not there
1: yeah
0: and a pretty also lot lots of speed limits so okay. I'll tell you what there's what one I just have to tell you about this there's this magnificent um facility in the in the radar cruise control. Which is linked to the satnav, and you're going down the road. It's supposed to be doing 100 everywhere. We were doing about 120, even 130, which is 80 miles an hour. You get to these speed restricted zones. There's a, there's a, you know, where you're measured over a couple of miles, and the satnav knows it's coming, so it slows you down to the speed limit, drives you through the speed limit, smack on the 100 k's, and then at the end of it, when the, when the camera um, area goes away, it just accelerates you back to your illegal to speed. Your, right. oh, that's <laughs> extraordinary. Talk about pragmatic. Yeah.
1: yeah isn't it? <laughs> uh, next on the agenda, tell me about Land Rover Owner Magazine.
0: Oh, well, uh, L- it
1: is LRO, isn't it? it is LRO. LRO. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it, it went. The last issue, I think, is May. Has been May. I didn't even know this until just a few days ago. But it, it's gone. And the thing is, it's. I see it as a, not not some publishers profit machine but a but a, a sort of national treasure and I am really cheesed off that it's gone. Mm. And I find it hard to believe that all of those people that you always meet, you know, you especially you because you've got one, but you meet people all the time who say I'd really love to have an old landy, don't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would have thought they would make it make it successful but yeah. but the the publisher I think they, they they they're not saying they killed it but they've said that they've
1: paused it indefinitely, which mm. is it's just not a great, no, it's not a great sign, no. is it? And there's so there's not a, it's not like it continues online or anything else. It is just... It's I they, think it's a goner, it's yeah. It's a shame, isn't
0: it? It is to me. Yeah, uh, Now, I'm ignorant enough to... I can't say that there are other Land Rover specialist magazines. I think there may be. I think, yes. There were yes. three at one stage, weren't there? Yeah. Land Rover Monthly, Land Rover Owner, and Land Rover something else. World? World, very Is that good. right? Or is that, and I'm not sure what the fate of the others is but LRO for me was the kind of governor mm. and the fact that it's gone as a matter of regret I you know to hell with the fact that it's a rival publisher I, yeah. I think it's sad
1: yeah I agree yeah yeah I agree and there's only so much I mean I know the internet is good for owning things and enthusiast sites and forums and stuff like that but somehow there is yeah. you know there's a there's a place for a A well-written. Well, the thing we always
0: say is, the the thing magazines do is, they're very strong on the editing function. You know, an editor, a staff just sit around and think, what are the real issues this month, and that's what—that's the content of a magazine. Whereas, you know, a bunch of stuff online that you can hunt down, and and it's—it's not got the same focus.
1: No, No, it hasn't. No, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, right, Steve and I are going to take a very short break. We will be back with more My Weekend Cars just after this. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What Car, car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Hello, welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. As Simon Wyatt has done, Steve, you were talking uh, lane Departure warning and lengthy possessed the other week, weren't we?
0: Yeah, I was and doing I'm, a lot of bleating, yeah. and and um, I, in fact, I was subsequently taken to task by a reader who said, "Oh, really? It's all very well for you blokes to talk about do good as this and do good as that, but the world needs to do good as and well." He, he had a point.
1: It yeah. does, up to a point, I think, yeah. and I I have a, and I know that there are people in the industry who feel similarly about how much. NCAP wants to do and wants to encroach. Yeah. And while it makes sense that there is an independent governing body, an independent regulatory body to say, we are out there to make cars safer, there comes a point where I worry how much it is self-serving. Yeah. And there are people in the industry who won't talk about it. And I've had uh, Vincent Kobe from Citroën when I asked him about the influx of stuff about, about NCAP, he said, I will not talk about that. Wow. He said, I have been to see that I will not talk about it. And there are people in Because Look, if they get together and they say, "Actually, we think this is going too far," somebody's going to say, "You know, the newspaper stories are going to run." Car manufacturers want to kill kids and yes, they want to put that's their it. stuff on cars, slaughter children. Yeah, but you know, there's a the, it adds cost, it adds complexity, it adds stuff to cars that I think a lot of people do not particularly want yeah. on their vehicles, and I don't know how they quantify how much safer it makes them.
0: Indeed. Well, I think you know if somebody sets a bunch of standards and the industry meets them. Mm. You've got to, what do you do then to to sustain your business model? You have to think, yeah. ah, well, you know, here's some more standards.
1: Yeah, and this is my particular, <laughs> I've written about this, my particular beef with NCAP having a go at Dacia for not fitting all of the stuff on the, the uh, Sandero and saying, oh, you know, one, I think they were doing it in retaliation for Renault's stance with the... What did they go? They retested the Zoe, didn't they, that was it. I think, and they had a real go at Renault for not fitting something yeah. or other. And I think that was because of Dacia and Renault's response when it said it wasn't fitting stuff to the Sandero, which has gone on to become the biggest selling privately bought car in Europe. So yeah. it tells you something. It does. Um, but yeah, I sort of think, you know, well, hang on, the Sandero meets all of the regulatory things that it has to, yeah. and it's the cheapest car as ever. What is it supposed to meet? Yeah. Why would it meet any more than it than it has to when it was eight grand at the time? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Simon Wyatt writes, um, I agree uh, that lane keep and departure systems can be a, a right real pain uh, in the neck. Have you tried, however, a newish Volvo, he says. I have a 2023 model year V90 cross country with both systems installed. Lane departure is always on and can't be turned off. It's subtle and doesn't cause a fight with white lines, but if it thinks you've really lost the plot, it will intervene, but never in town. Lane Keep Assist is available only with adaptive cruise, and it defaults to off. If you do switch it on, it's quite strong and will argue with you, but on a motorway, that's not always a bad thing, and I have the choice to never use it. But on the subject of the ease of switching off, a recent over-the-air update made it a single steering wheel button press, whereas before it was on the touchscreen that'll do me that's a good old over the air update isn't it it
0: is yeah it? terrific i i must say volvo continue to, to with the logic that we've always known them for don't they and it, mm. you know even under geely they they're doing it their way it's great to see yeah and i'd be quite happy with something that i mean all i care about is the intrusion the, the mm. inappropriate intrusion yeah so i had a letter from a bloke who was talking about passing some cyclists he had to, he needed to give them room he needed to to move outside a lane, the thing then tried to, to steer him into the cyclist. Yeah. And yeah. and that was the, he was a bit cheesed off about that, as, yeah. as I suspect the cyclist might have They probably as well.
1: were too, yeah. I've got this uh, Alpina BMW 3 Series at the moment, and that's got an adaptive cruise control, I forget what they call it, but they, um, with, you know, it's, it, it steers and it does lane, Right. on the motorway yep, yep. and it's and it's really good and then but once it's off you just turn it off
0: yeah and that's it that's all and that's, that's all we require and isn't that's it? just it. yeah not to have to go hunting through five levels to find what you want
1: yeah I have been disciplined before for searching through the screen of a Peugeot 308 well, <laughs> well <laughs> which has got quite light direct responsive steering and if you're you know if you're searching into yeah. a touch screen to try and oh, it off, I had a, a small yes somebody remonstrating from the passenger seat <laughs> <laughs> um, Shall we talk by column? Yes yeah, yeah. sir. I have driven the Hyundai Ionic 5 oh, no, I want N. To this. Yeah. and it was good, I, like really good, like really really good. So we've, I don't, what is the best driver's EV to date? Porsche Taycan?
0: Yeah, yeah. Probably? yeah followed possibly by the BMW i4 I'd say.
1: Yeah that's a good car actually is But I, when I think back to the most fun I've ever had in an EV Renault Twizy still comes up quite high because yeah. that's good fun. The original Tesla Roadster was a good car. Wow, so uh, and then also a Nissan Leaf on plastic back tires. <laughs> and I did a sort of drift thing at Anglesey uh, circuit, seeing Fantastic how just device. amazing. Just these black plastic bits that you you let your tires down, you fit them over, and then you reinflate your tires, and you've got a car that drifts at three miles an hour. It's ah, just <laughs> phenomenal. Anyway. Uh, I tried the Ionic 5N and N being Hyundai's fast, fun car division. I30's terrific. I20's really great, I think. Small, best, probably they probably make the most engaging hot hatchbacks of anybody at the moment, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, well, you ought to know, mate. And, well, Ford's still pretty there or thereabouts, isn't it, really? But most, I mean, most manufacturers have Left the market, haven't they? Yes. That's the problem. Yes. You know, Renault and Peugeot, and you know they don't do it. Uh, anyway, so yes, so driven, i driven. I went to drive the N. There's a lot they won't tell us. How much power it's got? How much it's going to cost?
0: How big is this car? This is a five.
1: So it's an Ionic Five. Yeah. So yeah. big car. So it's big car. So it's got a, probably going to weigh two tons, I would guess. Looks like it's got slightly flared wheel arches. It was on twenty. Twenty with twenty-inch wheels, I think. So it's a, quite a serious piece of kit. It may have, but they won't say, the same power output as a Kia EV6 GT. It feels about that fast to me, which is what 570 horsepower. Yeah. Good. So it's a so by N standards, three, three and a, three
0: and something seconds. To yeah, 60. three and a half to sixty, some of that.
1: So I drove it on the Nurburgring Grand Prix circuit, which is big and open and smooth. And then the next morning on some roads out in the out of the country, and I thought I enjoyed it more on a circuit, and I can't think of any EVs I've would said that about. Wow. And they want the idea is they want to be able to do 20 minutes on track, 20 minutes recharging it, 20 minutes on track as a repeatable thing. So if you did take it on a track day, because N Hyundais are taken on circuit, they do think that you know that is how people use them. Right. Uh, so they want, yeah. So they want they want that capability in it. They've got as much sort of, you know, when you turn and you sort of lift, and a car sort of tucks in. Yeah. The best hot hatchbacks and the old Mitsubishi Lancer Evo used to do it. Yeah. This does that, a bit, and then when you get back on the power, it can divert because it's four wheel drive. It can divert some power to the back, and you can drive it out on sort of neutral steer, and it uh, just right. That's what I was going to Really ask. good, really good, really yeah. adjustable, really, really good. pleasing. But the bit that my column is about particularly is they've said, look, we think car enthusiasts will be the the last people who are convinced by EVs, you know, because they they've changed our lives, but they haven't changed our hearts, is what they, you know, the, the the marketing speak. Yeah. They said so. What we've done is there's various different drive modes, loads of different drive modes. So there are in an i th- there is in an i30n you can choose from loads of different steering feel and that on the on the um, Touchscreen. Yeah. So they've got all these drive modes here, but one of them has a noise that sounds like an engine. Brings up a rev counter that revs to eight thousand, and then the steering wheel paddles, which normally change the level of l- regenerative braking, effectively become gear shift paddles. So it's got a fake engine and a fake seven-speed gearbox.
0: But when you pull the paddle, it does yeah.
1: it does affect to change your gear. It affects to change your gear, and if you get stuck in low revs it doesn't give you as much power you flick down and then the throttle response picks up and then if you want engine braking you switch down and the lower gear you're in the more engine braking you so it get. just models on it just it? models a, a hyundai seven speed dual clutch engine and gearbox combo Gosh. and it's really convincing is the one thing but also if you don't like it and you think come on Come on, old fella, get with the programme. Come yeah. on, this is not what the new world is about. We just turn it off. Yeah. And you can have it with no gears and you can have it with no noise. There's a couple of other synthesised noises which you can have with or without gears, if you like. But for engaging driving on circuit, if you want something to... Rem- to Because your muscle and aural memory is... When you're on a track, is you know has become accustomed to these noises over the past 20, 30, 40 years of driving. It really does... Feel very natural, very easy. Wow. So I, t- I went into... I ended up trying it and liking it most in two different modes, which is one with everything on, the engine and gearbox. Yeah. Noise on or all of it off. No synthesized noise. And no, no fake no. gear shift. Just an EV whine in the background. And, and, of course, it's faster that way because it's not <clears throat> putting in fake gear shifts and everything this else. Is, you know.
0: This is this kind of notional bloke with a clipboard in the airport, you know, doing a survey, isn't it? You know, I bet you... Somewhere, you know, you're you're kind of connected to something or other, and, and uh, the use of this car will be will be calculated somewhere Whoa, in the back blocks. Of, interesting, yeah. And they'll they'll in, in about eighteen months they'll be able to say eighty six percent of of, uh, on, of driving,
1: on track yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah.
0: I reckon. Uh, I'm looking forward to the results
1: already. Yeah, yeah. me too. But I but but I th- thought it was exciting as well as fun. That's the thing that got. That's the thing that really. The thing that got I
0: also, I'm impressed by the fact that you are talking about a two ton car around a, you know, dr- we we know how much more effort um, you put into a car, or a car has to deliver to go around a circuit, hmm. and yet it, it, you know, it was balanced. That's because yeah. because that's what you worry about, isn't it? Sort yeah. of tire damage and ba- lack yeah, of balance.
1: because they, you know, because the I20N is a uh, just over a. Th- Probably just over a thousand kilos. I guess so it's twice the weight of their hot hatchback. Yeah. But it 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 did not occur to. And we call I don't know. Do we call it five a five a crossover or an SUV or something? But it's not a small car, is no. it? It's not a low car.
0: No. I just think of it as a high saloon. But I, yeah. th- I think it is yeah, called I a crossover. Yeah, yeah, I think they
1: do. I think of it as a high. Yeah, as a as a tall. Family well, car, really. Did
0: you? I suppose there's, there's no bumps in Germany, are there? You...
1: Well, not not a huge amount, no. But it rode, I thought, really nicely. if it, it had shades of a Mitsubishi Evo in the way that it sort of moves around sometimes. Not quite as extreme, but it does that sort of thing. But it's so much more refined. Oh, fancy! And it rides on really well. I thought it was. I'm I'm really excited for What's it. What's the on right? sale arrangements? I think late this year, but and I don't know how much it's going to be. Hmm. The full. Debut is at the Goodwood Festival of Speed next month, when I think they'll talk about power outputs and full specs and maybe you could take a a line on pricing.
0: EV6 GT.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it's probably 60, 65 grand. Yeah, and 570 horsepower and so on. So it's a. So it's a. It's a big chunk of money. Isn't it like,
0: amazing how we now talk about 50, you know, 60, you know, you,
1: yeah, a 70 grand Hyundai and go. Yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is.
0: Um but it does sound like that they're, they're so progressive these people, aren't they? Yeah. They, they? I love the way they just don't stop.
1: Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm really I'm really excited and all of for it.
0: You know, <clears throat> the minimum is a 5-year warranty. Yeah. And the and the, you know, if it's a Kia, it's a 7-year. I love that.
1: Yeah. I do. Um, yeah, so we'll find out more at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. There was among the things they wouldn't tell us. There's a drift mode, and of course they wouldn't let us try that because I think they just thought, well, you'll just turn that on and never yeah. turn it off. Yeah, like, that's yeah. all you'll do for two days, mate. Is just put, <laughs> it, put it in rear wheel drive mode and just mess around. You yeah. But yeah, I thought it was really terrific. Uh, your column, Friday traffic in Paris or in the or in London? In Paris. In Paris. Um, where you were, the, yes, last week. Yeah, was yeah. it just me whinging about the, the? It was you whinging about how do they put up with it? Mate? Yeah, how do they put up with Friday traffic in, oh, just, in, in, in Paris? Well, uh, is it worse than I've not driven in Paris for a long time? It,
0: it, it's it, well, the big problem is a lack of box junctions. You know, the, mm. the crosshatch junctions where you oh. get fined for for queuing across a junction, and, and yep. what the French do is just queue across junctions. That that mm. is the that is a standard driving practice. Whereupon. There is gridlock or near gridlock, and if 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 a moment arrives after five minutes of sitting there scratching your backside, you suddenly move fifty yards. You think of a, it's a big win, and we we I, oh, I I couldn't tell. There was a point where we were trying to get a lift to the uh, to the Gardenuord to come back on what uh, mm. whatnot Eurostar, and um and there was a point where we we had a, a kilometer to go, you know, laden down with luggage, and you know. Well, I was about to take to the footpath. I'd, mm. I'd still reckon I would have beaten this this uh, whatever this van thing we were in. Oh yeah. God, it's it, it's more than your life's worth.
1: Yeah, and for all of those box junction fines, maybe they do serve quite a well, decent purpose.
0: Th- oh, they do certainly seem to get the traffic yeah. going. Yeah. I, I I thought London seemed like you know nirvana. Seemed like paradise compared <laughs> with that. you know how. I just got into trouble with the various people for describing London as hateful, but if that if London's hateful, <laughs> this is hateful
1: squared. <laughs> i had a I had a nice cycle across London this morning. did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I stayed in town last night and then actually I visited the British Museum on my way home because there were a couple of things I wanted to I wanted to see. We well, you knew I was talking about the history of the world in a hundred objects yeah. the other week. Yeah I thought I'd love to go and see this axe head that was was number one or two on the list. A million and a half years old. Wow. This axe head they found. Anyway, so I popped into the British Museum. I thought, oh, blah, I don't know where it is. I I'd better look up where it is. It's on tour. <laughs> but anyway, then I got on a Santander bike back to the uh, back to the station, and it was it was quite pleasant. But what strikes me about town is how few private cars there are. Really, yeah. you know, there's so many. There are there are so many taxis, so many vans, so many trucks, so many um, construction equipment trucks and things like that, and they can't they can't all go can they they we've got you've got to have them yeah. because people will have kit they need to take somewhere yeah. tens of thousands of pubs and restaurants all need deliveries every single day you can't get rid of all of them can no, you no no so i keep wondering just, you know we've got to find a way to accommodate yeah that and stuff
0: <clears throat> also the the businesses you know what about the people trying to do business in mm. these you know mega department stores they are closing and yeah. we know why
1: yeah uh finally you took the did you take the Bentley over to the dealership, or you you tell did. me about the check-in experience?
0: Well, um, Bentley opened a new place in Hatfield on the on the what used to be the de Havilland aircraft factory.
1: I know it well. Yeah, well, I studied. I studied in Hatfield, ah, so I know. Right, it well. okay. Yeah.
0: Oh well, this is now a, a, a massive car dealer complex, hmm. you know, run by the Jack Barclay organisation, and this Bentley dealership opened up, and it was. It was a Proper, amazing place. Um, Adrian Hallmark, who the boss of Bentley, who we all enjoy talking, listening to, mm. and talking to, indeed. Uh, well, he just he just analyzes things so brilliantly. Yeah. He um, he was there, so I went along to hear him and talk to him. But they showed us this amazing gadget, which is at the entrance to the servicing department, and you, it's it's a it's a kind of a couple of light pillars either side of your car, plus a. Like a gizmo that you like a little sensor that you drive over, and what this thing does is to photograph the front and sides of your car and rear indeed compares that with a with a with a with a mean so they they can immediately know whether there are any dings and scratches and whatnots in your car before you even get out of the car right. and the other thing it does is to assess the tread depth of your tires and the alignment of your wheels, so by the time you You've delivered the car to the to the person that wants to start working on it. They've already got a, a rather detailed picture. Of, and, of course, there's the ANPR, so they know whose number plate it is yep. and who it belongs to and whether you're a customer and whether it's had any accidents, probably, or whether it's stolen, for that matter. <laughs> but but it, it just seemed a great gadget to me, and I, I reckon they're going to proliferate. That's extraordinary.
1: And is that on the way into the service yeah. bay or into on the way into the dealership? Uh, it's, it's into it's, the it's, service it's bay. Explore, I think they yeah.
0: wouldn't. They'd probably see it as a privacy issue if they. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. but but as soon as you've committed your car to the, to the servicing process, that, yeah. then then you drive through it.
1: That's cool. Really good idea. That is good. Have you come? I I
0: never seen it before.
1: No, I mean I've seen this cool undercover service bays and BBM and yeah, well, they're They're really nice, but yeah, that's that's exceptional. No, it well, was it was, was
0: a mighty place. The... Dealers are absolutely fighting back, aren't they? I mean, yeah. one of the things they they, they said well, while we were there, there was a bunch of us hacks there, and, and they said, agency model, not for us. You know, dealers, wacko. Good. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And you can see why. This yeah. place was... There's a little bit of a spiritual home about it, you know. Every on every point of the compass, there was an extremely inviting sofa, <laughs> <laughs> and there were people, you know, constantly giving you coffee and croissants yeah. and God knows what. It was great. That really is good.
1: good. Yeah, there is something to be. I mean, people buy from people, don't they? Yeah? Yeah, they do. And I think there's
0: even a restaurant or a chef. There's all kinds of goodies. Hmm. Plus all the usual Bentley accoutrements. You know, you go upstairs and sit down with a designer and configure your next Bentley. You know, oh, purple piping, sir, yeah. certainly.
1: There is something to be said for getting people into a dealership. To Vincent uh, Kobe, as I mentioned previously, used to be Citroen CEO, saying uh, with the Ami, that you know the the the, the small little electric yeah. thing. Ideally, it would, you know, it would be the, fubil- the, the future of urban mobility and blah 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 and all this sort of malarkey. But actually, he said the truth is what we find is some sort of quite well-off families will, will. Uh, come into the dealership who want to want their child to have a safer option than a scooter so they'll come into the dealership and while uh, while Sprog is being run around the car park being shown how to drive an Abbey they're being schmoozed into updating uh, their C5 into something you yeah, know I mean, something more swish next time maybe a DS or something like that makes all the and sense you can only do that with, when you get people into you know into see you yeah. yeah
0: I think uh, I've had well I've got a, a famously good relationship with my local mini BMW dealer, you mm. know, bikes, cars, etc. And and uh I love going there. You know, they I think they think I'm a good crackers because of uh, but honestly, it's a really
1: good experience. Yeah. Might call in on the way home. Well you might. You might. You're on a BMW, aren't you? I am. Well there you go. Um well, thanks for coming over, Steve. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. We are back this time next week with more My Week in Cars. In the meantime, you can find us over at Autocar.co.uk, where there is a feature drive on the uh, Ionic Five N and your Kia EV9 first drive. Yeah, the mag is on sale uh, in print or on digital subscription. More news about the in July yeah. is coming. Um yeah, so in the meantime, and you can Oh, the Autocar Electric podcast is going to make a comeback very soon too, which I will present with James Disdale. So look out for those. In the meantime, thank you Steve. Thanks a lot. See you next week.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.